Butterbeer. I'm Dan Rhino. I'm Jessica Rhino. And we are continuing our journey through Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix. Jessica, how are things? Things are good, Daniel. Good. Thanks for thanks for asking. Nobody ever asks anymore. No. Everybody's too busy with their own lives to take an interest in somebody else's life. I was just looking to see how far we were in our mm, journey. 20% maybe? Yeah. Ish. We just got to Hogwarts, so we can't expect Man, it took them like to be too far. Eleven chapters to get to Hogwarts. <laughs> there was a lot going on. I guess. Uh you are still doing okay passing out diapers at the library. Oh my gosh. It's so, apparently so like you can come the size and, sixes came in. Size I sixes. see. And those are you can come hot commodity. once a month, and now that we've started the new month, mm. it, everybody's coming again. Mm. We have like five or six people in line waiting for diapers. It's crazy. It's like the opposite of the DMV, because DMV is like busiest at the end of the month. Yeah. Because everybody procrastinates. Yeah. I had a lady get mad at us, though. She came mm. to get her free diapers. Didn't have the sixes. No. She was mad because <laughs> we didn't also provide wipes. Mmm. You got you got some of those uh, like hand sanitizer wipes, so you could just give her a handful of those. <laughs> no, I don't think you can use those on a baby's <laughs> bum. But no, because we have to hide those now because the the guy takes them all. Yeah, there's a gentleman who takes your wipes and puts them in his uh, front pocket. Yes, for good uh, for safekeeping. Safekeeping. So a uh, lot of lot of strange things happening at the library. Not what you thought. And when are you quitting? No, I'm not quitting. Not quitting? Okay. But yeah, every time I come in, they're like, you came back! Yay! And I'm like... Like, was I not supposed this to? Is, this is easy, guys. Yeah, try working in a public school. Yeah. Not even going to talk about what I went through last week. Oh, boy. Uh, I have the uh, I have to wait till the statute of limitations is up on that, which is probably probably about five more years. Five years when I retire, <laughs> then I'm going to write that book, and y'all can hear everything. Yeah, drama. Uh, but let's talk about before we talk about chapter eleven. Let's talk about chapter ten. Luna Lovegood. Last time, the entire family of young wizards packed up and out the door, heading to Hogwarts uh, on the Hogwarts Express. Easy for me to say. For the new school year, even Padfoot is joining the posse, heading to the train station. Hermione and Ron have to go off and do prefect stuff, so it's Harry, Jenny, and Neville who share a compartment with Luna Lovegood, the quirky blonde Ravenclaw. Neville is showing off his new cactus plant that shoots magical goop all over the compartment, because... Why Neville, not? Of course. 
Uh, we find out that Draco Malfoy has also been chosen as a prefect this year, so that'll be fun. We found out that taking the Mickey was not a drug reference. Nope. Nope. Uh, Luna is reading the Quibbler, which is like the wizarding version of the National Enquirer. We eventually get to Hogwarts, but Hagrid is nowhere to be found, which troubles the group. Also, instead of being pulled by horseless carts to the castle, Harry notices that there's some creepy skeletal horses pulling the carts instead. Only problem is, Harry and Luna are the only ones who seem to be able to see them, but Luna assures Harry, don't worry, you're just as sane as I am. Lovely. That's a beautiful summary. Oh my god, thank you. Chapter 11, what we're going to talk about today, the Sorting Hats new song. We're going to get into that new song, and I'm going to ask you a bunch of questions about it, but... Okay. we got to get to the castle first. Yeah. So we're in the carriages on the way to the castle. Harry, Ron, and Jenny are openly wondering why Professor Grubbly Plank is here instead of Hagrid. And I thought that that Luna's response to this was interesting, in that she basically says that it wouldn't be a great loss if Hagrid was gone, because he isn't a very good teacher. And this was interesting to me because this isn't Draco, this isn't any of his Slytherin cronies that say this. That just like, They just like to pick on Hagrid. This is a Ravenclaw who is very matter-of-fact when saying what she's thinking. So is that is this just a microcosm of like an overwhelming feeling that Hagrid is... Unless you're in that inner circle of friends, Hagrid's just not very good at his job. Yeah, and like even Hermione was like, yeah, she she's not wrong, but she caught herself Mm -hmm. and yes yes he's a great teacher (laughs) Hermione's probably thinking that he's a great friend Mm -hmm. but if we're we're being honest here (laughs) (laughs) your friends aren't good at all of the things in the world you've got friends that just aren't good at things um but also we still have to give him I don't know give him some credit isn't the right thing but some consideration that you know he started off pretty good and draco kind of messed it all up mm-hmm. i remember we we met uh hippogriffs first and that was a very cool lesson mm-hmm. but he took it too far like he let harry just go off on a ride and then draco got upset and, and then he made things worse and you know draco kind of got him in trouble and he kind of had to pull back and then they had boring creatures Kids getting teachers in trouble? What? And so, yeah, he had to scale everything back. And now he's kind of like, I'm, I mean, he's not on probation, but that's kind of what he's doing is he has to he's not have... He's kind of always in a perpetual state of probation. <laughs> so it's not all his fault that he is coming off as a bad teacher, but he's also not great at it. I just, I, it, it just kind of made me think that if the Ravenclaws are thinking this, and of course the Slytherins are thinking this just because they want to mess with Harry, maybe th- that is kind of the prevailing opinion, is that Hagrid's just not very good at his job. Unless, your... you're, unless you're blindly loyal to him. What was your opinion? I, I don't know. I, th- I thought he was a little... Uh, Wacky, a little outside the box with, but some of the best teachers are. 
Mm-hmm. You know, some of the best teachers are unconventional. I guess that was the word I was thinking of, but my my co my post COVID brain doesn't think of words as fast as it used to. But some of the best teachers I've ever had are are unconventional, and you know, Hagrid is very. He's, 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 he is very passionate, and, and that comes through in his, in his teaching. And sometimes he's, I don't want to say reckless, but sometimes he's, he doesn't really think things all the way. excited. Yeah, doesn't think things all the way through and maybe like what could be the repercussions of a, of a certain lesson. But, you know, he like you said, he has been able to expose these kids to some pretty cool things. Well, he didn't get a lot of time. Like... The Draco thing kind of shut him down really quick. Mm-hmm. He was like, I'm going to be the new Care Magical Creatures teacher, and I'm going to do all these cool things. And then right off the bat, he kind of got shut down. Mm-hmm. So I don't think we saw what kind of teacher Hagrid could be. We just get to see him basically teaching like he's on, on probation, where mm-hmm. he can't let anything else go wrong, or he's going to lose his job. Um... But yeah, I think he's probably not the greatest teacher, even if he wasn't on probation. But his passion and love for what he's talking about would make up for that. But like you said, he's kind of reckless, kind of flying by the seat of his pants kind of thing. Like, I don't think he knows everything about all these creatures. He knows some stuff, and then other stuff, he's like, we'll figure it out. Let's just jump in there. You know, passion can make up for a lot of shortcomings in in education and i remember you know when i was still in the classroom i would win these awards you know yeah <laughs> they exist you have a crystal apple from tiffany i do <laughs> but i i never thought i was the best teacher in the building but i cared and i've but you were new and not beat down by the system. Yeah, I, I wasn't jaded yet. I didn't realize that the system was broken and that I was just uh, a, a cog in it that didn't really have any you know, primary function other than to just be there and babysit and try not to get in trouble. But I feel like I, I made up for my shortcomings with caring and 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 being funny and you know having you know having uh conversations with kids and acting you know uh making them know that i actually cared and i think that there's a lot of really really good teachers that don't really get much out of their kids because they they're too strict they're too by the book they don't really form those relationships and they don't show that passion they're just very matter of fact with how they teach and you've probably had a lot of teachers like that too and then there's others who maybe aren't as good as at like to use a football strat uh terminology the x's and o's of everything but they kind of make up for it with their creativity and their and their passion and i think hagrid kind of falls definitely falls more toward uh, that end but uh, we head up to the castle we head into the great hall all the students split off into their houses and Hagrid is not seated with the rest of the staff 
But there is another new face on the staff this year. One that no one but Harry recognizes. Yes, and I'm, I'm like excited for you to experience the awfulness that is her, but I'm also like, ew, it's her. So, yeah, sorry, but you also, like, you got some of it from the movies. Mm-hmm. Sure, you, you know what the correct answer is to who's worse, Voldemort or Umbridge, but you didn't get the full immersion of it. So Dolores Umbridge is now Professor Umbridge, the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher. (laughs) And we'll get more uh, on Professor Umbridge here in just a second. But the name of the chapter is The Sorting Hat's New Song. And The Sorting Hat always does a kind of sort of musical presentation before each ceremony. And what do these normally sound like? It's normally not, what, three pages long? Mm, three and a half. Three and a yeah. half pages long. Um, it's usually just, hey, I'm the sorting hat. I'm here, been here a while, and this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to sort I'm you. I'm the sorting hat, and this is what I do. <laughs> Basically, I'm going to sort you into houses because that's how sort Hogwarts you works. houses for you and you and you. <laughs> <laughs> but this time he or it went a little... Yeah, yeah. Went use, a little use, long. Use the correct pronouns, please. Sorry. It's 2022 as we record this. So normally it's just like, uh, maybe you should be in Gryffindor where everyone is brave. Or you should be in Slytherin where everyone is, is cunning and, uh, ambitious. ambitious. Or maybe you have brains aplenty. <laughs> and you should be in Ravenclaw. Or maybe you'd be a Hufflepuff. Where everybody else goes! They have cookies. But this time it's very different. The Sorting Hat talks about the history of the founding of Hogwarts, how the four founders sort of had different visions for what the school would look like. How they were all, like, best friends. Mm -hmm. And then I thought it was interesting how they... How he, like, paired them up, too. Slytherin and Gryffindor were best friends. And the only people who could maybe be better friends were Ravenclaw and Hufflepuff. Mm -hmm. And, I mean, I guess, you know, I assumed they were all friends. But more like, not besties, but, Mm -hmm. like, acquaintance friends. We have this thing in common. We want to make this school. We like teaching kids. We think it's important to have like a structured magical learning they didn't i don't know i just didn't really recall that they were like bestie besties and they all you know kind of of course had different visions of what they thought the school should be like and in the beginning this was actually a really good thing it was sort of like an education where we have differentiated instruction where you know everyone gets taught in the way that benefits them the most so we don't all just teach the kids the same way we've got the Gryffindors who kind of get a little bit of special specialization there and the Slytherins kind of get a little specialization there but they all take the same classes it's just like they're grouping like personalities together to live in the dorm and have be peaceful but I'm sure they I'm sure they get because of like their their headmasters and head headmistresses and things like that I'm sure they get 
there there's a lot of knowledge that like McGonagall imparts to the Gryffindors directly that mm. she doesn't give to the Slytherins, I'll bet. Yeah. So I think there's a lot of Having all the the students who are kind of like-minded together, that's kind of a way of saying, hey, this is how you're going to be successful in the world as Gryffindors. Mm-hmm. You know, we're going to take the, the traits that, that you have the best, and we're going to kind of magnify those a little bit and put you with, you know, like-minded kids and like-minded uh, headmasters and headmistresses, too. But like McGonagall, like you said, she teaches all the kids... Uh, There's usually two houses in every class. Mm-hmm. So it's not just the Gryffindors, it's Gryffindor and Slytherin. Or... But she she imparts a lot of wisdom directly to her group that the rest of the school doesn't get to. So it's, a, it's mm-hmm. kind of, everybody gets like your basic core stuff, and then you get a little bit more uh, focused uh, advice and instruction, I'll bet, from and the, the head of like head the, of your house. The standards and expectations probably vary based off of what house you're in. But over time, the Sorting Hat talks about how the four founders kind of strayed apart, particularly Salazar Slytherin, and that the friendship between the four of them was was strained. The Sorting Hat then warns of times ahead in the wizarding world and stresses how important it'll be for all these houses to work together. So what do you think the students' reaction to this was? And also, this apparently wasn't the first time that the Sorting Hat has kind of gone off script. I think some students just kind of were like, okay, that was weird, and ready to move on, but some were really kind of questioning, like, what does this have to do with what is he talking about? And our little group that we follow, Ron, Harry, and Miney, and Neville was there, um, kind of start questioning it, and that's when Nearly Headless Nick leans forward and said, no, this isn't the first time that's happened. He's warned, the hits <laughs> warned about things. Please, correct pronouns, please. Sorry. Um, even when you did, you had like kind of a, a male voice. Yeah, I always assumed it was a, a male. Yeah. But that's very chauvinistic of me, and I apologize. <laughs> well, see, I, I think it's just a male because it's kind of grubby. <laughs> yeah, boys are kind of dirty. Yeah. If it was a girl hat, it would look nicer. It would be mu- yeah, it'd be much more well taken care of, I would <laughs> Probably. think. Probably. Anyway, as we assign general gender roles to things, but, um,. What was I saying? I don't know. It, it's, it's given warnings before. Yeah. So apparently when there's... This is where I was kind of confused. Because, you know, we've had the conversation where, like, paintings of people, that's not the real person. Right. So they can't really, you know, like, we can use the comparison to, like, the crystals in Superman's Fortress of Solitude. This is just, like... A recorded version of the person's personality. Yeah, and it's limited. Like, But the Sorting Hat is alive, in a manner of speaking. Yeah. Because it's up on current events. <laughs> <laughs> uh, apparently, you know, How apparently, would the hat know what's going on? Apparently it, it listens a lot in Dumbledore's office. Yeah. It's like your phone. Your phone's always listening. It is. It really is. You and, and it I have gives had you several, current things. It, uh, several instances in the last week where you and I have 
text it about something and then we'll get bombarded with advertisements for that thing. Mm-hmm. But apparently the, you know, the sorting hat is self-aware. It can, you know, analyze what's going on and impart wisdom if needed. I, I, I wonder, I, there's no way for us to know, like, does Dumbledore have, like, conversations with the hat? Yeah, does he feed office? it? <laughs> what does it eat? If so, what does it eat? <laughs> I'm sure it's candy. Everything in Dumbledore's office is candy. Mm-hmm. Like, magic candy that's kind of scary and might bite you. Is there a Mrs. Sorting Hat? It could be a Mr. Sorting Hat. It could be. If so, why is he or she not around? What happened? What happened? You know. I bet there's, there's a tragic tale there. That's why the sorting hat looks so haggard. Mmm. Mmm. Been through some stuff. We'll get the full story on Pottermore someday. It'll be a short story <laughs> that J.K. Rowling will write. That'll be her big comeback. Love and loss, the sorting hat. Well, we do sort the first year. Is anybody of consequence in that group? No. I, I didn't no. Really recognize any of the names, but I didn't know if I was missing somebody. We have the our big meal. Uh, Ron is acting like he's been on a deserted I- island eating meager rations for the last six months. Instead of delicious home-cooked meals from his uh-huh. mother, who's like renowned for hearty... He's just shoving home-cooked food, food in his mouth, not even chewing. He's going to give himself gastritis or something. Perhaps. Or like a distended stomach or mega colon or <laughs> he's gonna he's gonna do so you you can you know if you're not careful you can end up getting type two diabetes. I don't think that wizards get that. I think that's one of the things that like you know hardier yeah. stock. They just get a shot of insulin every time they go go into the the great hall. Uh, when things calm down, Dumbledore does his normal welcome back, don't go in the forbidden forest speech. Uh, we find out that Professor Grubbly Plank is indeed taking over for Hagrid and that Dolores Umbridge is the new Dada teacher. Dada. Defense against the dark arts. And just when Dumbledore is going over some housekeeping items like Quidditch tryouts, our new Dada teacher interrupts, doesn't she? <laughs> I told you the story that there was, I was, back when I worked at the doctor's office, I was at the front desk, just doing my thing, answering the phone, and somebody in one of the rooms, one of the patients that was waiting for the doctor, kept doing that, and I started getting, like, really angry. Mm. I was like, it was, like, triggering me. Mm. It wasn't Dolores Umbridge, but she was in there, and I guess she just had a little tickle in her throat, and she just kept going, ahem, Getting unreasonably angry over hmm. this. Interesting. So you've had some trauma. Yes. She's traumatizing. But this is not normal protocol for the new teacher or any teacher to no, nobody stand talks up and give a, Dumbledore. a grandiose diatribe. Uh, what was the message? It was just, it was, it was three and a half pages. Yeah, and, and Harry stopped listening, so we didn't even get the three and a half pages of her words. He just quit listening. But and what she was, just like, kept the, the overarching message? It was, like, all 
opposites. She's like, mm-hmm. we need to uphold our traditions and Embrace not do anything new. new unless we need to do mm-hmm. something new. Then we should do something new and get rid of the old things that we don't need to do anymore. Mm-hmm. Like, just every possible way to say that. She just kept saying it over and over again. Hermione's big takeaway, though, after she processes three and a half pages of nonsense, is that, uh-oh, the ministry is interfering at Hogwarts. Yes. And this is so, not a good thing. Yeah, the government is stepping in to to change things, control things. When the government steps their feet in the educational pool, it's usually not good. Not good. Uh, it eventually ends, and we head back to the house common rooms. We quickly find out that it's not just the Ravenclaws and Slytherins and Hufflepuffs that are uh, might be talking negatively about Harry. It's also his fellow Gryffindors. What's going on here? Yes, yeah, so uh, kind of throughout the whole chapter, and even you know, starting back on the train, we notice that people are whispering and staring and talking about Harry again. You know, he kind of got, he kind of gets past that, and everybody's cool with him. And then, then something else happens, and or he's back on the outs again. Everybody's whispering and talking about him, and it's happening again. So everybody doesn't know what to make of him based off of what's being printed in the papers and what he claims happened last year. Then Harry kind of puts it pretty well when he says, "Well, I." Did show up last time they saw me basically was when mm-hmm. I showed up after the tri wizard tournament bleeding, clutching a dead body. You're gonna talk about that person, mm-hmm. you're gonna have reservations. Like, hey, yeah, him and, and, and a, saying that the dark lord was, bad. yeah, yeah, so yeah, we're back to that again. So we've got uh, with Dean Thomas and Seamus Finnegan, Finnegan, right? Mm-hmm. But Seamus is really the one that kind of goes at it with Harry here. Yeah, he said, he's kind of mad. He said that his mom almost didn't let him come back. And then Harry's like, why? And he's like, well, because of you and what you said and Dumbledore and what he's saying. And so I guess, you know, like I said before, I haven't read these in a long time. So some parts, I mean, I base, I remember the basic story, but some parts I'm like, oh, what? how's this going to play out? I couldn't remember if it was, you know, oh, his mom didn't want him to come back because it's going to be too dangerous to go mm-hmm. to Hogwarts mm-hmm. and he might be in danger. That that was my initial thought. Yeah, I, and I, I like, leaned that way too. And, and I'm like, like oh, that, that kind of makes sense. Yeah, that kind of makes like, sense. Like A boy died last yeah. year. <laughs> <laughs> and we've had lots of crazy stuff happen the last <laughs> four years. Um, my parents changed who I w- where I was going to high school mm-hmm. at the last minute because a girl died there. Mm-hmm. Like, nope, can't go there. You're going to have to I go remember, to a different I high school. I remember that story, I, and I told you because that story came out like a week before my school was playing basketball. There. There. Mm-hmm. And everybody was kind of like, uh, go to the bathroom. You know, with a buddy. <laughs> with a buddy. Don't go by yourself. You know, not to make, maybe not to make light of that situation. Maybe but. with a couple of buddies. I uh, I yeah. don't know. Yeah. So I mean, that was my first. I sorry, I interrupted you. And we started talking about high school memories, but yeah, uh, that was my initial thought that oh, she almost didn't let me come back to school because like, dude, crazy stuff's been happening. Like kids are dying. Like Cedric died. You're 
you got really like, hurt. Dum- like Dumbledore you were attacked. Dumbledore says the Dark Lord's back. Like, and we believe Dumbledore, but it is not. Yeah. That is not the case, nope. is it? She's believing the Daily Prophet, and she, I guess, more like the Daily Propaganda. Yeah, doesn't want her. Like, what's the point of sending him to school if it's run by a crazy person mm. who's losing his mind? Basically, painted him as being like old and senile. Yeah, senile. That's the the Joe Biden ar- argument in 2022. <laughs> yeah. How could he run the country? He's old and senile. So, but yeah. Um, it's funny how which, these, these books that were written a long years time ago, ago. <laughs> still relevant. Yeah, well, very relevant. Even the stuff right now with the government trying to say what books the schools can have. Uh-huh. It was all very I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. this sounds exactly like what's happening right now. And the the government uh, with all these different bills that are they say they're to help students, but they're just secret secretly like entrance ways for charter schools, which. I don't know. I don't want to get like into like the whole charter school argument, but there have been a lot of shady people that have been involved in charter schools. One of them was my boss <laughs> for a week before they before they Googled like stuff it was like that he had done. Like your former principal? Yeah. Your temporary. <laughs> it was, didn't even make it to the first day of school. Oh my god! Got hired that and was fired awful. in the off season. That <laughs> That's was hard to do. Awful. That's hard to do. Um. But yeah, and then Neville kind of comes to his rescue. I hadn't, I had notes on that. See how? See, these are the, the reasons I love Neville. Mm-hmm. Neville's always around. He's never in the movie, but he's always around. But before we get to Neville, and I got okay. it on my notes, we're okay. going to come back okay. to it. Uh, the back and forth between Harry and Seamus gets pretty ugly. Oh yeah. I mean, to the point where Harry's got his wand out. And pointing it at him. Which really helps him seem like a sane person. I mean, that's I'm like, like come on. pointing a loaded gun at somebody. Yeah. And Seamus has got his fist all balled up because Harry's talking about his mom. <laughs> Crazy <laughs> he, mom. He said, your mom is so fat when she gets... That's not what he when said. When she walks around the house, she walks around the house. <laughs> that's not what he said. Your mom was so fat and she nope. bro- broke nope. her leg, gravy poured out. <laughs> Ew. That's just weird. Yeah. I I'm I got a lot. I got a ton. I got a ton. How much time you got? I'll save them for later. Yeah, you, you gotta just a few at a time. So I did like let's get back to Neville. I Neville. did like Neville sticking up for Harry. Because based on what we know about Harry, about Neville so far, you probably think that He's not He's not really a confrontational person and probably no. wouldn't want to get in the middle of this drama. Or even have, like, have the confidence to get in the middle of this drama. But Neville quits himself very well, I thought, and, and gives he, some pretty rational And he says thoughts. it very matter-of-factly. Matter of fact, uh-huh. matter you know, it's not even like... He doesn't get roped into the argument. He's mm. just like, well, we believe Harry. My Graham says that the prophets, or Daily Prophet's the one that's losing it, going downhill, and... Mm-hmm. So we do, blah, blah, blah. You know, they just... My 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 grandma knew that Voldemort was going to come back. She's been saying that for years. Yeah. Like, this is so like, of no course, surprise. Of course this is happening. You know? Mm-hmm. Like, and, it's not an unbelievable thing. Uh-huh. Which is what they're trying to make it out to be. And he's like, no, we've, we've known for years that he was coming back. 
I mean, and that's just like anything in politics right now. You have one side who is so up in arms and so angry that anybody could even insinuate that this could be a this could potentially happen and then you have the other side that's like what are you talking about there's all this evidence to point to it why why are we not looking like at it climate change yeah I, exactly i mean there there's thousands of examples of things like that you know and then and then you have the, the, the more far-reaching views of, like, the conspiracy theorists. You know, 9-11 was an inside job, and jet fuel doesn't burn, you know, uh, steel beams. Like, maybe it just wasn't built very well. You think about that, they were rushing to get the thing built, you know, by a certain day, and maybe it just wasn't built very well. So, I, I don't know, it's just, it's so weird how, like I said, these books that were written over 20 years ago, the, the, par- the parallels are, yeah, and they will, and they will forever be there. They will forever be there. These these books will never not be relevant. I think, and I think that's part of what makes them so timeless, and what makes them, you know, every generation that comes up can relate, to can them. relate, and can re- can and can read these books, and it's not like you know, like when I had to read the Grapes of Wrath, which is about the the. Uh, the Dust Bowl. Mm-hmm. You know, I can't relate to that. Yeah, and all the ones that like about the Depression, all the, all the classic ones. Yeah, are set in a time period that you. You mean the boring ones? Uh, <laughs> oh, I was gonna be like, yeah. Oh wait, <laughs> are set in a time period that yeah we can't relate to now. That it was just so specific for what was going on at the time. Yep. I'm sure there are some themes in there. With, you know, government issues that cause mm-hmm. those issues. But yeah, I get what you're saying. Like you yeah, just... there's always undertones there that you can make the connection, but... These, these seem books, to be, like, spot on. Yeah, like with, like... Every chapter, we're like, oh, that reminds me exactly about what's going on right yeah. now. And, and, just, and just, like, overarching things like prejudice. Mm-hmm. And, you know, um, and like, like, like you said, we've been talking about government... Uh, involvement in things and controlling um, the media and what's being fed to the public and a lot of the characters are in this book are not just good or evil there's a lot of gray area there and that is you know a total uh, mirror for what the world is mm-hmm. you know there are very few people that are just inherently evil or inherently good <laughs> you know Everybody, there. Everybody has these different shades of gray, and a lot of these things we're going to find out more about these characters later on. You know, characters we thought one way about, we're going to end up thinking other ways about, or characters we were sure about one way, we might you know have second thoughts by the time we get through these books. And, and I think that all these things that kind of put together is why these books are so timeless and are going to be timeless. You know. 20 years ago and 20 years from now there's still going to be you know people cosplaying as Harry Potter characters there's still going to be conventions there's still going to be um, probably there's going to be new content I'm sure mm-hmm. you know 20 years from now that whether it be movies or, or books we'll or do TV a remake shows. or something because they're remaking everything already mm-hmm. we'll get to Harry Potter eventually mm-hmm. 
And I think that, like we said, that's that's part of what makes these books so appealing and why people have fallen in love with these books so much is that you can relate. You know, I can't relate to being able to do magical things with a wand, but I can relate to every undertone that's in these books. You know, whether it be the whether it be racism or classism or um, educational system or, or anything, anything that we come across. Uh, and this is just day one <laughs> for Harry. <laughs> Night one. Uh, like we just, it's not even a whole day. Uh, it's just day one. And even the Gryffindors are giving Harry a hard time. Uh, Ron does come in and kind of break, break it up. Kind of, you know, flexes his prefect muscles a little bit mm-hmm. here, mm-hmm. Uh, which I thought was kind of cool. But this is Harry's day one. Uh, Umbridge is on the staff. Harry knows she is not on his side based on the trial that he had. Hagrid is gone. We don't know why. We don't know where. Ron and Hermione are likely to be busy with lots of prefect stuff this year, so that's going to be tough on Harry. Draco Malfoy is a prefect. This is going to be a long year for Harry, I'm yeah. afraid. It's going to be rough. This is this is one of the... I mean, if, if you were to jump into Hogwarts to be a student, this is one of the years you would not want to do it. Mm. Uh, and that's going to do it for chapter 11. Uh, no emails this week. You can always send those to us, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com, or tweet us at broomsticksb. That's broomsticks followed by the letter B. No spaces, no underscores. Uh, or send them to us on Facebook as well. Uh, anything else you want to add about the Sorting Hats new song, chapter 11? Um, Just a little bit. At the end, with Ron coming in and kind of saving the day, mm-hmm. I felt like that was like, the, like she was just like literally handing you a re like, look, this is why he needs to be prefect mm-hmm. because he needs to be, you know, separate from Harry and being able to back him up and kind of cool everybody down because he is always going to be around Harry. It just kind of was like a prime example. Mm-hmm. Like, just kind of uh, saying, hey, this is why I picked this storytelling element. <laughs> yeah, if you weren't sure why or you thought I was crazy for making Ron a prefect, prefect, this is why he has to be. Mm-hmm. So I just thought that was nice that she gave you that right off the bat. Very cool. Uh, any other books you're reading right now? I'm reading too many books right now. Mm. Um, one we can't talk about on here. Is it Bruno? Yeah, that's a We Bruno don't book. talk about Bruno, no, no. And then I'm going to start that Fahrenheit. Fahrenheit 451. Because, the great Ray Bradbury. Because I'm taking over the book club at work Look for at a girl that's leaving. Um, Yeah, I'm kind of just getting thrown into it. Uh-huh. Like, they, the book club meets. Getting thrown right into the fire. Right into the fire. The book club meets in just over a week. So I need to... She's The girl who used to run it says she doesn't always read the books. She... I mean, she's just there to, like... Facilitate conversation, or... Yeah, she... Just kind of the organizer. Um, She said the group's great. They like like to read books. They don't always... Like, they're very picky. They don't like... Always like the books. Mm. 
They're very critical of the books. Let's how about that? That's a better way to say it. So it's the opposite of Jennifer. So yeah, the opposite of Jennifer. Jennifer loves everything, and so they like to talk about it and they like to debate and they're not like shy about it. So mm. she says a lot of times, I don't have to do anything. She just shows up. She has dis- discussion questions that she can find online, or they're even in the book kits. So she provides the discussion questions and kind of just turns them loose. Hmm. Maybe that's what I'll do when I retire. I'll start a book club at the library. There you go. But it'll all be uh, re- res- pro wrestling autobiography. <laughs> but this one, I was reading the summary um, to try and prepare. And it. You like, should talk to my dad. He loves this book. <laughs> the premise did sound interesting. There, It's a lot about sensory, censorship mm-hmm. and. Books in the in this futuristic world, books are banned. Not just banned, but like if you get caught with them, you're in big legal trouble, and they will be removed immediately, burned. Um, there are some elements that seemed a little strange in the summary, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it a shot. It's not a long book, so you know if it was a ginormous, like some of these ginormous ones I read, or a thousand pages. This one's not that big, so I think I can knock it out before next week. Yeah, so we were talking about books that are were written a while ago that you know have uh, undertones of realism to today, mm-hmm. and, and ones that don't. We talked about that. Yeah, <laughs> but this one and seems... Fahrenheit 451 definitely does. Uh, another one I think of is uh, 1984 by George Orwell, which is where the whole concept of Big Brother comes from. You know, we were talking about our phones listening to us. That book was written in 1949. <laughs> and it's very relevant today. <laughs> so, uh, you know, some some books are really timeless and really uh, are able to, you know, capture whatever uh, could be going on in society in any year. Very true. So I've got... Let's just recap. I've got a... The first book of the series was great. I really, really liked it. But now it's just turned into smutty books. Mm. That's the one that started off really great. It was like this fantasy... Je- Jennifer has entered the chat. <laughs> <laughs> it's like this fantasy murder mystery. It was fantastic. I really loved the first book. And then the second book... This is... And I'm reading the third one. Um, still trying to solve that murder. But, um, and then the Fahrenheit book for the book club. And then I've got a stack of Game of Thrones graphic novels. Mm. I didn't know that they, that was a thing, mm. but I spotted it on the shelf of the library and I was like, sure, why not? So those are the things I'm reading at the moment. Now, is this book club going to interfere with your diaper duties at, uh, <laughs> diaper, oh, yeah. diaper duties? I'm sure it will. Cause I at think- the library. I get, they like block off like two hours because I get like the set, the half hour set up before mm. to go set the room up and get everything ready. And then the book club's an hour and then a half hour at the end to take it all down. Interesting. So that's two hours I'm going to be away from that desk. Interesting. Handing out diapers. Wow. I don't, I don't know how it's going to function without you, but they will do their best. And we're doing our best here on this podcast as we just got done discussing Chapter 11 of Harry Potter and the Order of the Phoenix, the Sorting Hats new song. I'm having some horrible sinus issues The allergies right are now. awful. It, 
I am it's trying. To... Early October in the Midwest, everything is changing seasons. I don't know and if you can tell, but awful. I'm constantly trying not to <laughs> into, into the microphone. But uh, I, I think it's I think that's our sign that it's time to wrap it up here. Wrap it up. Uh, so thanks everybody for downloading, listening, and subscribing. Special, special, easy for me to say. Special shout out to Jennifer, Anastasia, Kelly, Olivia, Jane, Ronnie, Mike, Libby, Catherine, soon to be baby Catherine. (laughs) (laughs) Catherine is not turning into a baby. Catherine is having a baby. You don't know that. I I don't know. You don't know that. I'm pretty sure, though. We don't know. We're pretty sure, but you're not 100%. You wouldn't put 100% on it. I'd put that 99%. Button uh, on there. Jackbox reference. Jackbox reference. Nobody outside of the six people in our Jackbox crew <laughs> understand. Only well, 99% that one. I love inside jokes. I'd love to be a part of one someday. Until next time, folks, be a wizard, be a witch, be a muggle, be a squib, but don't be a jerk. Or a git. We'll see you. Bye. I got some magic in me. My tucks that track it turns into gold Everybody knows